Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before... You need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Welcome to Stacking the Box. To subscribe, hit us up on Google Play or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. Here is Stacking the Box. It is an historic Stacking the box as Patrick Mahomes has signed a deal for a half a billion dollars. Matt Verderam, perhaps the greatest day in your life, which includes your wedding, the birth of your child. Maisie's been killing it, but Patrick Mahomes being in Kansas City until 2031. This is the ultimate game changer. Congratulations to you. Oh, thank you. Listen, it was, I'll be honest, I was surprised at the length. Uh, I know, you know the team wanted to get him for as long as possible. I think that's obvious. But a lot of times the, the great player, and understandably so, doesn't want to sign for that long because they want to make sure the team is competitive around them. They want to make sure that his cap goes up. They can continue to kind of have, have the salaries rise with the cap, which is why some people thought his, his contract would be tied to the cap and he'd just get a certain percentage of it every year. Didn't go that route. Uh, would have been historic. Would have been the first player to do it. But ultimately, uh, he is tied to Kansas City through his age 36 season. And uh, if you're the Chiefs, like, it's a lot of money. Clark Hunt's writing a big escrow check right about now. Uh, he might be applying for a small business loan. But that being said, it's, it's a great day for the Chiefs, and it's a great day for Patrick Mahomes, and if you're his great, 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 great grandkids because you're all Why rich. do you think it came together at this time? They've been talking about it. Um, for a while. Now, he was only eligible for it this year, but, you know, Brett Beach on a conference call yesterday talked about, you know, this is something that he and, and, and Mahomes' agent, Chris Cabot, have discussed really from the get-go, um, you know, how they want to do it. And then obviously, of course, of course things accelerated as, t- as time went on in, in the last handful of months. But I think when you look at this, um, it makes sense for both sides. Mahomes is only going to get more expensive, one would reason. Uh, and if you're Mahomes, it's $503 million. Like, I've seen some takes of, like, well, you know, he left money on the table. And he probably did. But who cares when you have $503 million and you're going to get endorsements that literally by the end of the contract, he's probably going to get a billion dollars. Yeah, I believe I that uh, Patrick will be able to afford a place in, uh, what is it, Overland Park? What's that really rich neighborhood by the plaza? Maybe he can just buy the plaza, actually, and he can buy power and light, and then he can uh, you know, buy out all the barbecue spots, too. But 
I think it's a huge deal that, you know, a market the size of Kansas City, granted, they just won the Super Bowl. I mean, why would you want to go anywhere else? But, you know, guys like Patrick Mahomes, historically, maybe they do go to a bigger market to, at some point in their career. And here's a guy who's just happy to be there, loves it. And I, I, I got, you got to give Andy Reid a ton of credit here, too. He's obviously created a system that Mahomes has thrived in. Mahomes calling him up to see if, hey, hey, bud, I'm about to sign a, a 10-year extension. Are you going to be around? I mean, I think all that, you know, plays beautifully and is a great, great thing for the Chiefs that they set up the situation where he wanted to stay. Yeah, you know, and you're right. You know, Mahomes talked about that, that he'd reached out to Andy Reid. And Andy Reid in that same conference call, which all three of them were on it, you know, said, yeah, you know, I could see myself coaching <laughs> in my early 70s. And he's 62 right now. So, that's, I mean, if you're Andy Reid, you waited your whole life to coach a guy like Patrick Mahomes. Every coach does. And so you're, you won a Super Bowl. You were D Ford's offsides penalty away from me and another one and probably winning that game. So you're the betting favorite this year. You're feeling pretty good if you're Andy Reid. You've got Mahomes. Most of those guys are locked up for at least the next two years, if not longer. Chris Jones is really the only star on the team that is. I think you look at it and say, there's no reason that they shouldn't win a lot of games. Now, they're not, this idea that they're going to be the Patriots is, I think, asinine. Like nobody in the history of the league has been the Patriots. So, Let's slow our roll there. But are they the best position team right now to be the team of the decade going forward? Yeah, I mean, obviously they are. But a lot of things have to fall in place. A lot of guys have to be healthy. you got to still draft well. But the Chiefs have put themselves in a position where for the next 12 years, they should be in the hunt to win a Super Bowl every year. question I guess a lot of people are throwing out there is, who won this deal? Did the Chiefs win? Did Mahomes win? And you just mentioned that Mahomes may have left some money on the table. Maybe he did. Uh, And then others are like, whoa, Kansas City, like, hey, quarterbacks get hurt this is an insane level of dedication although I, I don't hear that a whole lot because it's Patrick Mahomes and he's the best player in football but if you were going to determine a winner from this who are you going with if I had to pick I'd pick the Chiefs I mean they have Patrick Mahomes for the next 12 years and they didn't have to tie it to the cap so you look at those cat numbers, and I, I want to give a shout-out to this guy. Uh, his, his, his handle is Chief Bear, Bearcat. I'm not sure what his real that name is. That is his real he name. Does great work. <laughs> it might be. But he, he's a guy I've followed for a long time and follow on Twitter, and he does great work in terms of, like, figuring out the cap and whatnot. And one thing about him, uh, you know, one thing he tweeted about the Mahomes deal was that Mahomes is not going to be the highest-paid player in the league cap-wise, cap-wise, until 2023. I would be willing to bet that he'll never be the highest paid cap guy, maybe except for 2027 where his cap hits like 59.9 million. Other than that, he's literally probably never going to have the highest cap hit in the NFL because somebody's going to supersede it in the next three years. Somebody's going to make more money as the cap goes up. So if I'm the Chiefs, I'm thrilled. Like the new CBA, even with the coronavirus impact, is going to exponentially raise the, the higher portion of the cap, the ceiling of it, over the next decade. Some people think it'll double. It'll be $400 million. Let's say it doesn't even get to that. Let's say it gets to 350 That's huge. That, that, that makes his, his contract almost like half of what it feels like right now. So like, I, think, I, think, I think it's a win-win. Like, if you're Mahomes, you're thrilled. But if you're the Chiefs, I think they got a, a good deal, even though they spent $503 million. So overall, Matt, were you surprised by the figure? And I don't know how much you've dived into – what are the Chiefs' outs here? Like, let's say Mahomes, whatever. Let's go the complete worst-case scenario. He gets hurt, can't play football anymore. What does that look like right. for them getting out of the deal? Well, so there was this term that came out that no one had ever seen before, which was uh, yeah, I guaranteed Yeah, no mechanisms. idea what the hell that was. And I, don't think anybody, I, I still don't think – I, I don't even think some of the people involved in the deal know what that is. But the, the idea, essentially, is that – the Chiefs have to guarantee each year of the contract a year out. So, like, his 2027 season is his big, big cap number, $59.9 million. The Chiefs have to guarantee that contract, I believe, if, if, uh, in March of 2026. So, once they guarantee it, the whole number becomes guaranteed. Now, if, if tragedy happens and they don't want to guarantee it or for whatever reason it falls off a cliff, they don't want to guarantee it, they do not have to. They can decline it. The rest of the contract becomes void. Mahomes plays out the following year, becomes a free agent afterwards. So that, that's the simplistic version. There are some cap penalties in there and whatnot. But eventually, 
um, the Chiefs will be looking at it as like a year-to-year thing um, with, with some penalties if they were to let him go. My thought is, and I'll be brief here, I think they're going to play this contract about halfway through. They're going to get that 2027 cap hit of $59.9 million, and they're going to start moving money around at that point, whether it's another extension, whether it's a restructure. Uh, I don't think you're ever going to see him play on that $16 million cap hit. I, I think they'll just extend him. And they'll just move the money down. So it makes me think like everything is so glorious right now. He's you just won the Super Bowl. He's won an MVP. He's 24 years old. This contract is signed. It almost feels like there's nowhere to go but down from here. Right? Like we always tear down our heroes, superstars, whatever. And Mahomes is riding so high and the Chiefs are riding so high right now that it feels like, well, Let's say they lose this year, uh, and Patrick doesn't throws a huge interception. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, we we love to build you up, and then we're going to bring you back down, right? And, and let's be real, whether it's next year or two years, that that'll happen one year. Like there will be a, a year where he plays a, an awful game in the playoffs, because it happens to everyone. It happens to every single play. Like, and when it happens, you're a radio guy. You know how you were a radio guy in Kansas City. Like. You're going to have people call in and say he's not worth the money because those people are insane. But they'll do it because that's what fans do. I, I think ultimately I agree with you in the sense this is Camelot right now for them. They had, they've not won in 50 years. They won. They won in unbelievable fashion. He is this demigod of a quarterback, which they've never had. They have never drafted and developed a single good quarterback in the history of the franchise. And for people who are saying, well, what about Len Dawson? They didn't draft him. He came over from the Browns. They have never drafted and developed a single quarterback who's worth a damn in the history of the franchise. So now you have not only a great quarterback, you're the face of the NFL. You have this guy who is unbelievably popular, not only because of how great he is, but he seems like a great guy off the field. You know, you're nothing bad about him. My only way of putting this, and I said this on a radio show earlier this week, and you'll, I think, understand this better than anybody. For people who are concerned about whether or not they should have paid him that much money, it's like if the Bulls didn't sign Michael Jordan. Like, you just pay the man the money, consider it a privilege, and move on. Because if you have him, you have a shot to win every single year. Now, I'm not, not look, is Mahomes Jordan yet? No. But he's that same type of just overwhelming presence in a game where you're like, if you have him, you have a massive advantage over whoever you're playing against. And think about think that from real. a Jordan standpoint. Jordan got eight years and twenty-eight million. And the owner, Jerry Reinsdorf, still the owner of the Bulls, at the time said that you know he was trying Jordan, I think, was trying to get 32 and like, we're not paying you four million a year. Sorry, not doing it. So they ended up negotiating it to 28 on an eight-year deal. And they and they fought paying right. Michael, which which is pretty amazing. Time's uh, changed. Change. But the, the point remains though. Like I, I, I just think look, I'm old enough. My first memories of the NBA were of Jordan kicking the Knicks asses every year. And that was, you know, but as much as I hated the Bulls because of that, I loved watching Jordan. I always did. Um, Mahomes is that singular force. Now, in basketball, of course, it's different. If you have the best player on the court, you're probably going to win, so on and so forth. But Mahomes is a quarterback. So it's so tilted toward Kansas City. I mean, look at the Super Bowl. Kansas City and Mahomes played like crap for about 52 minutes of that game. And then he turned it on for eight minutes. And they scored 21. I, I go – even more so than the Super Bowl, I go back to the Texans game. That thing looked like it was over. Sure. And I mean, it in theory, but you were sitting there like, eh, way too much time, and you got that guy, and they throw up 50 points and, and of course, uh, win the game going away. So, it, look, the, stat, he, the, the man is ridiculous. Uh, I hope he stays healthy and can continue to entertain all of us, uh, even if you're not a Chiefs fan. Before we get into into the future, let me just ask you, what do you think this means – uh, for Dak, what does it mean for Deshaun Watson? They didn't play another game, but this this might have moved the old needle here as far as what they're going to get when their contract comes around. I would think especially for Deshaun, but go ahead. Oh, if you listen quietly, you can actually hear Jerry Jones screaming all the way from Dallas because we're recording this on a Wednesday on the 8th of July. We're a week away exactly from 
teams having to sign guys on the tag or let them play the year out on the tag. Um, obviously, Prescott is is the main attraction in that group of 14 players that, that are tagged right now. Before Mahomes signed, the high watermarks for quarterbacks was $35 million a year, Russell Wilson, $110 million guaranteed, Jared Goff. Mahomes just signed, if we're just going by the extension, $450 million, and essentially all of it's guaranteed. Now, Prescott's not getting anywhere near Mahomes' money. Let's just be clear. There's, that's not happening. But if you're Dak Prescott, you are absolutely saying, I want $40 million a year, and I want 75% of my contract guaranteed. And he's got every right to want it. Like, if I'm Dak Prescott, I'm like, I want six years, $240 million, and $200 million guaranteed, and I want it now. And if they balk and they say no, which they might because it's an enormous figure, if they do it, we all know the end game, Carm. Like, he'll go to free agency and he will absolutely get that money. Some team will undoubtedly give him that amount of money. Some team just signed Ryan, the Titans or the Texans. Oh, my God, I can't speak. The Titans, excuse me, signed Ryan Tannehill for over $30 million a year this offseason. You think Dak's worth 40 Yeah, probably so, right? And I think for Deshaun Watson, it means the same thing. Deshaun Watson's the same age as Mahomes almost of the day. He is on a team where without him, they're going 3-13, and 13, right? Like, he's in the same spot contract-wise. So I would – and he's negotiating with Bill O'Brien. Like, he's going to win the battle of wits there in that contract negotiation. So, again, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm like, I want $42 million a year. And I don't know if he gets it. Maybe they negotiate it down to 40 or so. But he's going to get paid. I think the other guy to watch in this, and he's not eligible yet, but he will be next year. Lamar Jackson just had an MVP season, historic year. If Baltimore wins the Super Bowl this year, he's going to be pushing for Mahomes' money. That's crazy, too. Which I look, if I was, I mean, look, if I'm, if I'm the underdog, fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Ravens, if I'm the Cowboys, if I'm the Texans, I'm just looking at these guys and say, look, you're a great player. We are thrilled to have you, but you ain't that guy. Uh, you know, look at the, first of all, just watch him play. Second of all, I can list seven zillion stats that he's accomplished that nobody else has. So, uh, yeah. hey, we'll pay you more, but don't, don't, don't try to elevate yourself to well, Patrick Mahomes' territory. Which is, why, which is why Mahomes getting 45 a year. I don't think anyone's approaching that in terms of the Watts and Prescott group. I think it might be 40, you know, hot, real high 30s, 39. Um, because the, the ceiling just went through the roof. So, you know, like it's, it's, it's just, it's a matter of market. Like the tight end position is not moved in forever. Austin Hooper technically reset it this offseason, barely. When George Kittle signs, he is going to destroy the tight end market. I can tell you right now, there's a couple teams in Philadelphia and Kansas City that have long understood if they don't sign their tight ends to an extension before Kittle signs his, it's going to get really expensive. Like, don't be surprised if Zach Ertz and Travis Kelsey sign extensions rather soon because the teams know we better get these done now before Kittle or the cost is going to go way up. Now, maybe those players are willing to run the, you know, the risk, roll the dice. Say, no, we'll wait till George Kittle signs because then our, our contracts will go up, but then, of course, you risk injury. But to the quarterbacks and to Jackson real quick, and we can move on. He's the MVP of the league right now. If they win the Super Bowl, now, now they got to win. If he goes into the playoffs this year and bombs again, forget it. Because then that's the argument that Acosta has in Baltimore. Look, you haven't won anything. I mean, we love you, but you never win a game in the playoffs. Jackson's not anywhere near the thrower of the football Mahomes is. And in my opinion, quite honestly, well, I think Jackson's terrific. I don't think he's the quarterback Mahomes is in, in really any overall totalitarian you know, type way. He's just not. I mean, Mahomes is, is just a force that I don't know that Jackson – is especially with his arm but if he wins a super bowl you're gonna have his agent going look super bowl champ probably if they win a super bowl super bowl mvp 
NFL MVP, same age as Mahomes. They're going to pay him, man. Like that, that's coming. Like, but he's got to do that. That's a big if, obviously. He's got to get If that. I was Dak wrapping this one up, by the way, Patrick Mahomes, most consecutive games with a QBR of 50 or more 50 is dead average to 0 to 100 scale. So he's got the most to start a career at 36. Second most, that would be Dak. I'd put that stat right in front of you, Jerry Jones. Uh, now, if I was Jerry, I, I would t- take that piece of paper to crumple it up and say, here's the offer, take it or leave it. Just because that's how we've gone about our business here. You clearly don't love Dak that much or else you would have signed him by now. But let's, uh, let's move into our Into the Future segment here, Matt Verderam. And let's talk about the next 12 years with Patrick Mahomes. He's already won the one Super Bowl. How many more is he going to get? We're going to set the over-under at two and a half rings. Two and a half more, so that'll give him either three and or four. Are you going over or under? And how many championships are going to get to celebrate in Kansas City? History says you should go under. Because how many guys have four rings in NFL history, right? Bradshaw, Montana, obviously Brady. Uh, that's that's it in the Super Bowl era. That is also I mean, Aikman is three. Young has three if you count two as a backup. But that that's as far as it goes. Um, that said, because of the way the game is skewed right now, and they have Andy Reid. I don't maybe, and I'll admit maybe I'm being a fallen homer. I would I would take the over slightly. I don't think he's going to win like six like Brady has because I just think the circumstances have to be so unique to do that. But you know, do I see them winning three more with him? Yeah, probably. If I had to bet my mortgage, I mean, they they look. He's been a starter for two years, and if D Ford's if he knows how to line up correctly, they already have two. Like they have one. They should have two. They're, they're betting favorites to win this year. They brought the entire team back. And especially in a year here where we're not having any offseason. So if you're a veteran team, you have a huge advantage. If you look at them, and tell me if you feel I'm wrong, please. But I I look at the Chiefs this year and say, if they don't get hurt, they're winning the Super Bowl. Like that team, they're just so much better than everybody else in the AFC outside Baltimore. There's nobody who's challenging them in the AFC outside of maybe the Ravens. The NFC is very good, but if they got to the Super Bowl, I would bet on them against anybody. Like, it's one game in the NFL, things happen, but I look at the Chiefs and say, yeah, Mahomes is upright, and they're, they're reasonably healthy. Yeah, they're probably going to go back, and they're going to be really So, for me, it's like, are you going to bet that he's going to get hurt, or are you going to bet that he's not going to get hurt? And he's not running all over the place, but he, he gets out of the pocket a good amount, too. So, well, I don't know. Twelve. Look, look he... Uh, if I had to put my money down right now and I don't want to take chips off the table, I, at the end of the day, I'm going to go with you. But it also, there is a large part of me that just feels like this is too good to be true. It never goes quite this way. And maybe it's because I'm connected to so many damn Kansas City Chiefs people like yourself and, and, and Patrick Allen and Nick Wright and every damn person and Carrington Harrison and so many people from Kansas City Radio that are just you know celebrating this to the moon that I just feel like, hold on, somebody's got to go contrarian here and, and talk some reality of just playing the sport of football. Uh, you know, it's sweet when he's rolling out of the pocket and he all of a sudden switches the football from his right to his left hand and completes a pass. But then, you know what? How many times are you going to do that before somebody breaks your leg? That It's going to happen. Well, and I, I meant to say this earlier, but I want to point this out because I've said this a few times on the radio, and I, I think it's a, a point that should be considered. People have talked about, should he have taken a short, shorter-term deal? Should he have done different things? And you talk about potential of injury, and I think that's a really great point because in other sports, you're fully guaranteed. So if you get hurt, you still get paid. In football, you get hurt, you're screwed. And people forget because they won the Super Bowl. In week seven, he was on the field in Denver with his knee on the side of his leg. That turned out by nothing short almost of a miracle to be a very minor injury. He, only, he never missed a practice. He only missed two games. And, and he comes back and they, they lose the first game he comes back and he threw 446 yards and three touchdowns. And then they never lost another game. They won, they won out. But – I do think, look, there, there's always that risk in football that you are one hit away. You are one play away from somebody rolling into you the wrong way, hitting you the wrong way, and the quarterback's more protected than ever, but it's true. 
But I look at that Denver game, and I wonder how much that played into his mindset. Of, you know what? How, I mean, if, I, if that's a quarter of an inch different, if something happens a little bit different in that pile, he, he might have torn ligaments in his knee and never been the same. So you always wonder about that. I mean, you know, you read about Joe Namath back in the day. People say he was the most unbelievable athlete they ever saw. He blew his knee out of Alabama. As great as he was in, in New York with the Jets, who knows how great he Right, was. and look, Mahomes is so incredible under pressure that it's going to give him confidence, and it has, that, look, I, I'm not going to just bail out of this because – I make incredible plays all the time, and I do it on third and 15, which he was 13 for 17 last year for 299 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, that's insane. So he's going to play a higher-risk game because he's so damn good at it, which puts him in harm's way. It's kind of catch-22 right there. Look, I, and, I mean, he, he, his QBR under pressure last year was 73. The league average is 20. I mean, think about that. He's four times better almost under pressure than, than the league average quarterback. That's insane. So, he's, but, so that's it. again, he's going to continue to play that way because he's good at it, and that makes you nervous. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's, there's definitely risk. Look at the playoffs. Uh, I would argue his most iconic play was his run against Tennessee right before halftime. Yeah. Right. And I thought he was going to get killed there. He, he ran four Ran through four guys, and he just turned up field. Everybody and their mother thought he was going to just step out of bounds. He turned it up and spun around. And the most impressive part of that play, if you ever watch it again, he changed hands. He changed the ball in his hands three times. Like he knew, like a running back, like how to keep the ball away from the defenders. It was incredible. But listen, there's always risk. That's my biggest fear of Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson's incredibly what? talented. But when you run 170 times, like at some point. You're going to get popped like a paper bag. You're going to step the wrong way. That happens. And Mahomes doesn't run like that. But like you said, he, he's not a statue either. Like he's, he's willing to turn it up and take somebody on. And sometimes that I can like go that bad. you brought up the ball in each hand. Papa Fred Carmen turning 94 this year. Marshall High School, Western Illinois. The Leatherneck. He always was big on you. Got to have the ball in the right hand. Ball's in the wrong hand. There's the sideline. So good. <laughs> He'd have been proud of Mahomes on that play yeah. if you ever watched the replay because it is a clinic yeah. in how to All right, let's them. go around the AFC West here, and let's think about how they're strategizing sure. to beat Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. So what do you do if you're in the, in the division or whatever, in the conference? How do you attack the Chiefs and Mahomes? Are you trying to build up your offense or are you trying to load up on D? I am drafting every pass rusher in the league because to me, there's been one tried and true way to beat great offenses in the course of NFL history. You can get home with four guys. You're not going to win blitzing. You're not going to win trying to outscore them. You're not going to win with one great corner because they'll just throw the other side, or they'll just beat that corner because they're, they're great too. The Niners were the best shot at the Chiefs all year long, and there's one reason why, because they got pressure on Mahomes all game long. And when they stopped getting pressure, they got lit up. To me – you know, I know Denver went out and drafted a ton of receivers. And, and I get that they, they – no, no, no qualms with that because they, they have Drew Locke and they're trying to build him up, make him great. And I, I have no issue. But I will tell you right now, the team that's going to give them the hardest time in that division is the Chargers. Why? Because they can get home. They have Bosa. They have Ingram, Linville, Joseph in the middle. They, they drafted Kenneth Murray, who I think is going to be a good guy in coverage. They've got those corners. Now, I don't know if the Chargers had the quarterback to beat the Chiefs. I think they're just going to come up short in that regard. I just think ultimately they're going to lose a lot of games to Kansas City, like 27 to 20, stuff like that, because they're just not quite there with the quarterbacks. But that is the only way you're beating them. And I'll tell you right now, that's why Baltimore went out and got Calais Campbell and why they got Derek Wolf for the Chiefs. Because Baltimore blitzed more than any other team in the league last year. And, if, and when they have played the Chiefs, under Wink Martindale, twice. They've lost twice, and Mahomes and that offense have averaged over 500 yards. You're not beating them with any other way. You need to get pressure. With this one's guys. a little more risky, but I think you also want to try to take from Kansas City. Like, hey, Chris Jones, uh, they're not going to pay you the nine figures that you want. Now, that's a huge risk, but uh, – that would be something that I would be trying to do. I would be trying to take offensive weapons away from the Chiefs when they become available. And to your point, Matt, I think at the end of the day, that is, of course, the plan. You got to hit them. 
got to get there. And even better if you can do it with four, that's huge. But, he, but in my mind, like if you can't do it with four, I'm, listen, he's, he'll probably pick you apart and you're going to lose. But I would rather take my chances going after him and, and getting to him and trying to get him on the ground than, uh, than sitting back. Yeah. And you have no chance right. if you don't get pressure. None. None. I don't care what the defense is. But there were games earlier in the year last season when the Colts and the, the Lions played this, like, cover two, cover three. They played way off. And the Chiefs didn't have Tyreek Hill or Sammy Watkins. They were hurt. And so everybody started like, well, you know, this is how you beat the Chiefs. And then they came back, and the Chiefs scored a million points against teams playing like that. You're not going to cover Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and even, I think, this year, McCall Hardman one-on-one. You need to play zone behind, and you need to just get pressure with four. It's exactly what the Niners did. And it was the perfect scheme until they stopped getting pressure. And then everything fell apart. But it, it's hard. I mean, there's a reason they're a great team. It, that's how you got to beat them. But Let's move easy. on to uh, our tag players out there as we uh, just teed up Chris Jones. But uh, which tag player – and we'll throw in, besides Dak Prescott, because we talk about him all the time, are you most curious to watch here as this unfolds here now, what, uh, a week away? A week away. I'll stay away from Jones here, because we've talked about that too. I've written a lot about it, if people are curious, and go to Fanside. I've, I've written ad nauseum on Chris Jones and, and reported on it uh, from a few different sources. But I will stick with Yannick Ngakwe uh, of Jacksonville. You know, I've also written quite a bit on him, although not as recently as with Jones. Um, multiple sources on that situation have, have told fan-sided that Ngakwe does not want to be there. He wanted to negotiate with them last summer. Jacksonville would not entertain negotiating with him in a, in a, in a real way. It really soured the relationship. So now Ngakwe, who is 24 years old and has 30-plus sacks, is a very good pass rusher, who is well worth $100 million, no question about it. He does not want to be there. I, I don't think he's going to sign a deal no matter what they offer him. I don't think he's going to sign the tender. I would not be shocked if he holds out for quite some time into the regular season. Um, I wonder if Jacksonville makes a move here and trades him in the next week. I, just, I know that the Jaguars value him and want to keep him, but that relationship went so south last summer and into the fall and everything else. I, I do not see Ngakwe – coming to terms with them in any way. And so I'm curious, uh, you know, I think both, you know, my understanding from talking to, to people around situation, both sides understand the reality. I would be shocked if he's there past this season, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets traded the next week. Fair enough. I like it. I'll throw AJ Green in there because, you know, look, I'd love to see him play with Joe Burrow. I think that would be sweet. But I also think it'd be sweet if, you know what, Cincinnati, we're, we're in this rebuild mode and we're, it's, we're looking down the line and then he ends up getting traded to, uh, I don't know, the San Francisco 49ers or to perhaps, I don't know, let's, let's do the New England Patriots want to jump in there, something, something crazy like that, and all of a sudden you're adding a huge weapon. I, and I don't know if he's going to be healthy and he'll be, you know, he'll be you know, the same age, I agree, that we're used to. But that's a, that's a big-time talent who I don't think makes a whole lot of sense in Cincinnati. Would you agree with that? I mean, he does, but um, it, he's old. You know, I don't know. I, I, look, I, I know what you mean, but I think if you're the Bengals, you got to try to give Burrow everything you can. And Green is one of those guys who has plenty of money. I would hold on to him, but I do know what you mean. Um, you know, I think if you're A.J. Green, do you want to try and finish your career there? And, and you know, do you believe in Joe Burrow? Or, or, or are you just burnt enough from Cincinnati to say, you know what, man, I, I just want to go somewhere else. I just want to, I want to finish my career somewhere else, try to win a championship. It's tough to say. I'm not A.J. Green. but I, I don't, I don't think it's tough move. to say. I want out of Cincinnati. I've had it. See you later. Uh, it's been a hell of a run. I've given you almost a decade of my life. It, it's, it's, it's time to go. Speaking of time to go, you want to follow up on that? No, no. All I was going to say was I think Cincinnati things are going to have to be different there now, like really different. Because for years and years and years they wouldn't sign any free agents. They finally did this off season. They signed uh, DJ Reader to a big fifty plus million dollar deal. They signed Trey Waynes. They signed um, um, I'm spacing. They signed another corner, uh, Mackenzie Alexander, I believe, uh, from the Vikings. So they spent some money finally. 
they're going to have to keep doing it because Joe Burrow, if Joe Burrow turns out to be what they think he is, what they hope he is, Joe Burrow's not sticking around for them to go out there and not, not ever spend a dime and to go eight and eight. And I'll tell you another thing that's going to factor into this. That stadium deal they have, they are paid by the city of Cincinnati to be in that stadium. That is coming to an end fairly shortly. And if there are not fans in the stands at those games, ball game. Like, look, owner, you know this even better than me. Owners do not care until the bottom line is affected. And when the bottom line is affected, all of a sudden people get really, really, oh, you know what, I ought to change. We're going to talk a little bit about that here soon with Mr. Schneider in Washington. But that that always has a way of motivating people. And I do think with the Bengals, after two and a half decades being as cheap as can be, that's going to have to somewhat come to an end here if Cincinnati wants to, A, have a team, and B, Bill Burrow could very well save the Bengals. I'm, I'm sure that piece has been written a zillion times, but uh, he very well might. He very well might. He could. Uh, all right, let's, let's bring up Mr. Snyder and, and the Washington football team who do seem headed very much towards a name change, which is long overdue. Matt Verham, you got any brilliant names for this Redskins team? I don't. I know Dwayne Haskins threw out Red Tails, which is uh, a moniker that was used to describe, or I guess describe is the right word, but to uh, be a a source of pride for a group of of black pilots in World War II. Um, Obviously, you know, the heroes of the country and whatnot. And so that would be interesting. You know, I know some people throw out Warriors, Washington Warriors. Everybody likes a little alliteration. So, Maybe that's something. But, you know, I'll just, I'll just say this. I don't want to see one think piece about how Daniel Snyder finally stepped up and did the right thing. Daniel Snyder is a complete and utter gutless coward and has been for 15 to 20 years about this subject. His Native Americans have asked him over and over and over to please reconsider the names. It's a racial slur and it's offensive. And anyone, by the way, who says it's not offensive is a moron. It's redskins. I mean, are we kidding with that? I mean, it, it's not exactly ambiguous. Uh, and then you get into the whole, well, you know, it's a team name. You've got a man's face on the side of your helmet. Like, just enough with this. It's not the same as the Atlanta Braves. It's not the same as Kansas Chiefs. Now, that's another argument. You want to talk about renaming those teams? Fine. But it's not the same as, a, as what I would certainly consider a racist term and a, and a helmet that it could certainly be considered as offensive. And then you get into the whole, he wasn't going to do jack about it until FedEx and Nike put some financial pressure on him. And within 24 hours, he, he grew a spine and decided also, oh, you know, we're going to review the name. We're going to look at this. I don't want to hear one word about Dan Schneider finally did the right thing. He is nothing more than a gutless coward that finally was forced into making a change because his pockets well, were going to get a little lighter. It's very interesting, and I don't think it actually gets discussed enough, as who is funding what and what are these corporations, what are they standing behind, what are they not standing behind? Been a very interesting week for Jimmy John's with that preposterous uh, scene in their store with the dough noose, or whatever they're calling it. And, and then you're learning. Did you see that? You didn't see that, Vera? Oh, I didn't see So that. there was what? two store employees at J- Jimmy John's that uh, they put in, uh, they took the dough from the bread and they used it as like a noose type of thing. And they, and they were fired. And I think they were just trying to be funny. I don't know what they were trying to do, but regardless, but then you started learning, Oh, Jim, Jimmy John's owner is, is, you know, this politically and everything else. So it's, it, it becomes a, it, it's, it's a, it's something to pay attention to. And the corporations, they have huge power here. And FedEx, you know, they, they didn't do it on their own. They were pressured into doing it. So, and, and good on them for making the move. But uh, listen, uh, as far as the name, I like the double W's and, and anything like that. So I, I came up with the Wombats, Verderam. Wombat is an adaptable and uh, in, in, in multiple habitats. Uh, they're, they, they, you can find them in the forest. You can find them in mountain areas. They, uh, they have an extraordinary slow metabolism. I've looked this up, by the way. They take eight to four. Yeah, so that, that's good in, in a survival. You want to survive on a football field. So just getting away from any Native American, you know, at all, the wombats, baby. And wombats are, you know, that's, that's about as safe as you can go. Well, that, yeah, that's, I don't think the wombat community is going to throw a big stink up. But you know what? It had to happen, okay? I hope it happens before the season starts. 
And for anyone out there who says, well, you know, I, I don't want politics in my sports. Look, it's not politics, okay? It's, it's a racist, stupid name. And this idea that somehow, God forbid, we change a team name. That city, 23 years ago, changed the bullets to the Wizards. And nobody cares. Nobody. The team still sucks. Nothing's changed in the last 23 years. They sucked when they were the bullets, and they suck now. So why, why does it matter? If they change the name, I can tell you, look, I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan. If they change their name, I don't care what they call that team. Just win the game. I, I don't – who cares? I, I just don't understand, you know. And look, you know what? The, the big lie in all this is that sports and politics have ever been separate in the first place. They've never been separate. This whole idea that there are these – like the separation of church and state is just bull. It's never been any different. Look at what happened in Mississippi a week or two ago. Kylan Hill, who's a, a big-time running back recruit, who I believe is in Mississippi State, said, I want the flag changed. I'm offended by it. I might consider my commitment to the school because the Confederate flag is in the state flag in Mississippi. They changed that damn thing in like 100 hours. That's how quickly, because of college football, they were like, okay, we're done. Sorry. We don't offend Things are never unintertwined when it comes to those two topics. And so, look, it's about time that the Redskins finally take a real look, even if it's because Schneider is nothing more than a greedy bastard and just doesn't want to lose his sense. It's also a reminder, as we just, we'll move on in one second here, but I, I just want to underline what Stan Macho, uh, formerly of the Chicago Bears, we'll see where he plays in the future. Uh, I hope it's I hope he does get a gig in, in, uh, in the league somewhere. But Sam Macho, on the... You know, in the urban part of the city of Chicago, he got together players from the Blackhawks, from the Cubs, from the White Sox. He brought the commissioner to Chicago. They knocked down a liquor store and they put up a grocery store and they got $500,000 they raised in money to do this. And that right there is some serious, serious commitment slash real change. And great, change the name all you want, but let's not be doing that stuff just so we can all feel good and move along. Uh, I, I love seeing real action, especially from NFL guys like that who've got a huge platform. It's really awesome with what uh, Sam Acho and his brother, by the way, Emmanuel Acho, as, as far as what he's been doing in the broadcast world. So I just want to underline that real quick. But let's move on. Uh, in or out, Matt Verderam. We got a bunch of in or out topics today. We'll start with Cam Newton and whether or not he's going to lead the Patriots to the playoffs in or out on Newton and New England being a match made in playoff heaven? Out because I just don't think he can stay healthy. If he's healthy, I'd be in. If he's healthy, I'm in. If he's healthy, I think they win that division. But I have no reason to think that he's going to be healthy. He's had two big-time shoulder surgeries. Missed 14 games last year with a foot injury. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I'd love to see him healthy in that, in that scheme with Belichick, McDaniels, and cooking things up. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I just, you know, that's why I, I tweeted out there the day when he signed. I was like, oh, I see power rankings if he's healthy. And I put them third. People wouldn't feel listic. Look, I, I still wouldn't even pick them to win the division. I think Buffalo will because I just, I don't think Newton will be healthy for the whole season. But if he is, uh, they're dangerous. But give me out. because I'm going to bet on face. Cam and bet on Bill. And I hope I'm right just from this year. I'd love to hear what the narrative of the conversation will be about Brady if Cam is good. I told you that Tom Brady was – I don't know if anybody will say that, but I, I'm looking forward to whoever wants to step up and give the hot take that Brady was made by Bill Belichick if Cam Newton takes the Patriots to the playoffs. And he has been working his ass off. I mean, I've seen a zillion videos of him in some gym getting himself ready. So there's no lack of motivation for Cam to have a resurgent season here. Plus, he's also making you know peanuts – for Cam Newton this year. So there's that money factor moving forward too. That's pushing him. Yes. Uh, Deshaun Jackson with some ugly comments um, that were uh, extremely anti-Semitic. He's apologized. Should he be cut for the Instagram story that he put out there, which was uh, Hitler related? Not a great moment for Deshaun. Yeah, absolutely. Should cut him. Yes. And I don't know if they will because of the financial component, but look, we're, we're in his time of a lot of social unrest, a lot of social change. I would argue a lot of social progress, and it's great. But it can't be a one-size-fits-all. Or it, 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 Excuse me. It must be a one-size-fits-all. You have to move forward as a society with everybody going in the right direction. And look, Drew Brees got destroyed over his whole 
I don't even want to call it a misunderstanding of the protest during the national anthem or, or you know, if you'd rather be blunt about it, his ignorance towards it. And I thought he should have gotten blasted for it. Like, not not so much whether he'd stand or kneel. I mean, that's totally his choice, and I respect that. Um, but more so that he just didn't understand the movement at all. I feel like that's incredibly ignorant considering he's in a locker room with these guys every day. Like, at some point, you have to know that. Um, but Deshaun Jackson doesn't get a pass here. Like, there's, there's no – first of all, he said it, what he, what he put out there was ridiculous, okay? It's, it's incredibly offensive. Yeah. Um, Hitler and, said and, and because the white Jews know that the Negroes are the real children of Israel and to keep America secret, the Jews will blackmail America. They will extort America. Their pan to world domination won't work if the Negroes know who they were. This, this is what he put on his Instagram. The white sense of Americans will be terrified to know all this time they've been mistreating and discriminating against lynching children of Israel. I mean, look, I, and I'll see the floor. I mean, obviously, you know, Carm, you're, you're Jewish. I don't know how you feel about this. You, or you may have, you, and I'm sure you do, have some kind of an opinion whether oh, or not you want no, to look, really look, go into it or not. I, I think it was incredibly intense. Yeah, I I, I'm not cutting him. And, and he's, and he, you know, basically immediately apologized. Um, I do think that he's, in, you know, obviously incredibly ignorant with, with, what, he, with what he put out there. But uh, I would just, you know, I, I'm not – Let's just use it as education. I, I went back and read uh, from our partners over at the Players' Tribune a piece that Ray Allen w- uh, wrote in 2017 today. And Allen went to Poland. He, vis- he visited Auschwitz. He, um, he visited a family that had harbored uh, 10 Jews, and the family had been killed. And the only person that survived from that family was the kid who wasn't at home at the time when the Nazis showed up. And Allen writes about this stuff. It's an incredible piece. And that's from three years ago. So I don't, you know, I, I, I actually, as weird as it sounds, like I think Desha- I don't think Deshaun's heart was necessarily in the wrong place. I just think he didn't know what the hell he was talking about. So, um, and he's, you know, he's, he's, I mean, Jeffrey Lurie is a Jewish guy who's probably pretty invested in his players having a little bit more knowledge than what he put out there. So hopefully he'll dial in and, and, uh, and learn something for it and contribute to the community. I, I know that, um, you know, some of the organizations are, accepting his apology and, and moving forward. So, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it was obviously unfortunate, but, um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think at the end of the day, like, I, I, I'm just going to choose to have some empathy here. Let, let's go to Jordan love. Uh, yeah. Jamie's log progressive the Harrington's backyard day 27, three 33 AM three, three, three. All those threes mean something or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's backyard for 27 days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 3-3-3. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. You're better well, man than me, okay. we, we, we all, we, we're all allowed to live and learn here, Bertram. I, I, I really, like... Certain people who show their colors all the time, who I won't name, I, I, I don't have much empathy. But th- in this particular situation, a little bit different, I, I think. Uh, okay. Jordan Love, who that was a surprise pick, at least by some, in the first round with the Green Bay Packers, will take at least 50 regular season snaps this year. Either A, Aaron Rodgers gets healthy or something really crazy comes along and they move along from Aaron. What do you think? You're in or out? Well, I'm out, but the reason we talk about it is there have been there's been talk out of Green Bay that he's going to have these different packages that he comes in and Rodgers comes out and they're going to put him in there and let him play. And I'll tell you right now, I know Taysom Hill in New Orleans, they do that. Drew Brees is cool with it. <laughs> they do that in Green Bay. And they're taking him <laughs> off the field. Yeah, you see how cool that he is, okay? He's not Drew Brees. And I'm telling you, they take Aaron Rodgers off the field on third and six. There's going to be a fistfight on the sideline. Okay, I, I, and I don't, I don't profess to know Aaron Rodgers personally. I don't. I've never spoken to the man. I've never been around him. Um, but everything you, you, you know, t- just talking to people around the league and, and just reading stuff that we all have access to, like, you get an idea of who Aaron is. And I'm not saying he's a bad guy. He's, just, he's incredibly – feisty and protective of his spot and and very aware of all things and who can blame him considering he had to sit on the bench for a few years behind farm and go through all that stuff 
he's coming from a different spot than Drew Brees. Like, I, if they start yanking him off the field on third and six, that's going to go south in a big way, in my opinion. So I'll take the under. I think they like they're, they're going to tinker with that, and there's going to be a moment where Rodgers takes the floor to the side and goes, "Look, man, don't pull me off the field." So That's I'm, I'm just going to go with my in and outs on things I want to see. So that would be incredibly entertaining if Aaron Rodgers is either A, super pissed at putting it out there, or B, just biting his tongue and sitting there stewing and not saying anything as they try to inch Jordan Love's career along in, in his first year. So I'll just go in because I'd love to see it. Uh, and also, I mean, Aaron, you know, staying healthy, it's a little – yeah. That's the question. That certainly – but like, can you imagine – they're playing the Bears, like Sunday Night Football. It's a huge game. It's third and four at the Bears' like 38-yard line, and in comes Jordan they, Love. Like they, they would have to call time. I don't think he would leave the field. I think they he split Rodgers out, and he pulls a Jay Cutler and just stands there. That would be sweet. <laughs> oh, I, I can't even. Maybe, maybe I'm not giving him enough credit. He'd be a team guy. I think he would lose his mind if they did that. And I don't that would be – Super fun. If And by the way, fingers crossed that we're going to have football. Throw that in there at this point in the podcast. Uh, Todd Gurley, let's go to Atlanta. He rushes for 1,000 yards with the Falcons, in or out? Uh, I'm out because I just don't think he can stay healthy. If he's healthy, maybe. Maybe. I mean, that's a damn good offense. They're going to be throwing the ball. Teams are going to be backing off and, and, and letting him see some lighter boxes. So if he's healthy, I can see it. Um, I think he's got some gas left in the tank. I just don't know that he's going to ever be the same guy. And I think the Rams cutting him and eating all the money they ate let you know exactly how much they think uh, he's got left. Maybe that's some motivation he needs. Maybe that gets that one great year out of him. But I'll tell you, I'll take the other. I think he's good for Atlanta. I, I just Georgia don't guy coming home. Cut. I'm going to say I'm in. Uh, although, look, the other side of that one, too, is some people thought they should have stuck with Brian Hill. So, uh, you know, he's got, he's got some people around him that they might be handing the ball to as well. But one more season in the sun uh, for Todd Gurley. And I think the Falcons actually have a great chance to have a, a resurgent season here uh, in 2020. Let's go to uh, another team that people are betting on. That's the Colts and the AFC South. They're the best team, Vertoram. They win that division, in or out. In, in, very tepidly <laughs> in. Um, I did my whole like predictions when the schedule came out. I do it every year for fan side, and I had them at nine and seven winning a tiebreaker. So, my take on the NFC South Jacksonville sucks and is in complete and utter rebuild. Texans, um, the Texans are Deshaun Watson and 52 guys at this point. I love JJ Wadi's hurt all the time. Whitney Merciless is a good player. He's not a great player. They have absolutely no defense beyond them. Uh, they have no offensive weapons that scare me. Like zero now to trade DeAndre Hopkins. So I think Houston's winning like six to seven games. And then I look at the Titans. If Tannehill's what he was the last 10 games of the year, they, they'll win the division. But I, I don't like, – is he that guy? Like eight years of history says he's not that guy. So I will bet on Rivers having a better season than a year ago, like being like a middle-of-the-road quarterback. And I, I love Frank Reich as a head coach, so I think like they'll do enough. I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl. I don't think they're challenging the top-tier teams in the AFC, but I think they're better than uh, the rest of those teams if Tannehill regresses. And I'm out. I'll, I'm going with Tennessee, and it's by, by a whisker. But, okay. uh, look, I think we're asking a lot for Phillip Rivers moving teams and performing at a high level to get the Colts to nine and or 10 wins. Uh, t- t- Tennessee's won nine games, what, four years in a row now. Yeah. And look, I'll say this. You're going to know real quick with Indianapolis. You're going to know real quick. Because if you watch those games and Rivers is just totally cooked, it's going to be evident early. And you're going to go, oh, yeah, right. They're going to win six games. The one thing with Rivers, and it was this was obvious last year, and really, even the year before, to an extent, he no longer right. has a good arm. He just he he can't drive the ball down the field, and that that is the one thing in that does worry me. Because what is the big weapon they've got? Ty Hilton deep down the field, and they're just not going to be able to hit him. He just can't. He can't throw the ball anymore. So I, I am picking them 
because I love the coach. I think the defense is better. I think they had a good draft, and I love the O-line. And I think the O-line will help Rivers because it's just so much better than he ever had with the Chargers. But would I be shocked if it just turns out Rivers is totally cooked? No. Let's move on to the Vikings. Super Bowl or bust for Mike Zimmer, final year of his deal in Minnesota. Uh, I don't know. If I was Mike Zimmer, I'd want Stephon Diggs around a little bit longer. But to in or out, this is the final year if they don't go in. I'm going to make it get to the Super Bowl. Okay, yeah, uh, I'm out. If they get deep in the playoffs, I can see him staying. But look, the, the relationship between he and general manager Rick Spielman has always kind of been a little frosty. Um, and it's not a coincidence. Like in the last year of his deal, he's just sitting there. So I think he's I. a very good coach. Like, I'll tell you right now, and this is how I always judge what you should do in this league. If Mike Zimmer becomes a free agent, there will be a lot of teams that want to hire him, which tells me that if you're the Vikings, you probably should not let him go because he's a good coach. And I'm sorry, who's the best quarterback he's ever had? Kirk Cousins? Like, Kirk Cousins is fine, but, like, let's not pretend here that they've underachieved over the years. So I could see it being the last year, but I'll say out because I, I think they're a good team. And I think if, like, if they get to the divisional round, they're going to fire him. You know, or, or I guess they wouldn't even have to fire him. They'll let him walk. I don't know. It seems. It seems. I'm gonna look. This this question is a little bit uh, wonky, but I guess my point is I don't think I think the Vikings. It's they're they're also primed for aggression and missing the playoffs. Although I don't. Although the NFC North. I mean, who do I really like right now? I think Green Bay's going to come back to the pack. I'm not in love with the Bears, so maybe Minnesota can eke out another year. I'll 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 my. Mike Zimmer staying around another year, no matter what happens. I'm going to say that he ends up in Minnesota just because I, I, I think they'll come to their senses there. Let's do Chase Young, rookie of the year, uh, or defensive rookie of the year, I should say. Number two overall pick, your Washington football team. What do you think, in or out? Uh, I, it's obviously, in this case, it's Chase Young. Uh, or the, the field, field, I'm sorry. Right. And I normally, I normally would take the field, but – Ron Rivera knows how to coach an old linebacker with your Chicago Bears. Ron Rivera is going to put him in positions to succeed, and they actually have a really good defensive front. They, they've got a lot of guys up front now. Kerrigan, Payne, Allen. I think he's, I think he's going to have double-digit sacks. I think he'll be the defensive player of the year. Uh, or the rookie of the year, excuse me. Rookie of the year. I, I think he uh, – but I'll give you a dark horse. If I have to pick another one, Kenneth Murray is going to be a great player for the Chargers. I think he and Patrick Queen are going to be right there, but Murray is my dark horse. I'll, I'll yeah, throw Isaiah there. Simmons as a dark horse in Arizona. Yeah, I love Isaiah Simmons. I'm just worried about them finding the position for him, but yeah, he's I mean, ridiculous. That, you would think with the amount of pressure that Arizona gets on quarterbacks here, you got Chandler Jones roaming around here, that he, however they figure out how to use him, he could have a great year. But uh, So, so I, I guess I'll be out on Chase Young. I'll take the field. The Bears will draft a quarterback in the first round of the 2021 draft. In or out? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to see the floor. Uh, how, are you, how are you feeling um, about this car? Well, let's see. I think. First of all, yeah. no, let's start here. Let's start here. Is Ryan Pace yes, making that 100%. draft pick? Even, even, okay. even okay. if they – listen, unless they go, I guess, 2-14, which I don't think they're going to do. So, I think Pace will be making that pick. Right, uh, Matt Nagy's going to be coaching that pick. Do they take a quarterback in round one next year? Let's play this out in my head. Mitch Trubisky ends up on the bench at least at some point this year and stays there and, and is out the door. Uh, maybe at the start of the season, assuming we're going to have football. Nick Foles plays a standard Nick Foles year. He's he's up and down. He plays great in some big moments. Maybe even takes the Bears to the playoffs. Okay, uh, are they drafting a quarterback in the in the first round? I'm going to say yes. Uh, you got to swing again. You can't. You can't. You can't stay out of there. Um, I'm not exactly sure who that quarterback would be. Obviously, sitting here on whatever the hell the day is today, but I'll go with yes. I will also go with yes. I looked up Nick Foles' contract. So Nick Foles right now is 31 years old. He's obviously going to be there this year. Next year, he's got a 9.3 million dollar hit. Okay, cap it. If they cut him, they actually lose another six million. So they're not going to cut him. He's going to be there for at least next, you know, two years this year and next year. 
and then they can move on and eat 6.3 million in 2022, which is not ideal, but it's also not prohibitive. They can do it. Um, yeah, I mean, if I'm the Bears, now it depends, of course, you know, how, how the board shakes. We have no idea how it's going to happen, but yeah, yeah, I'm in. Like, unless Nick Foles is just unbelievable this year, if you're the Bears, you have to sell to your fan base, hey, we're moving in the right direction. And you can't let this miss on Trubisky just scar you for life. You can't do it. Like, at some point, you got to go, you know, yeah, we screwed up. We should take him home. We didn't. But to be fair, and I know you said this, Carmen, I'll defend, I'll defend Pace on, on this. And I don't think Pace has done a great job with the Bears, but I will defend him here. This idea that, like, the Bears should be mocked to the end of time so they didn't take Patrick Mahomes is a joke. Nobody in the world thought they should take him at number two as that draft was happening. Nobody. There wasn't one person who was like, you know what, I think the Bears really ought to take Mahomes here. There were people who thought they should have taken Watson. And if you want to kill him over that, fine and fair enough. But most people thought that Trubisky was the safest pick there. Oh, I can't tell you how many people inside the league, when the Chiefs took Mahomes, thought they were nuts. As, as, you know, and, and I, I, at the time, did not have a single source inside the league. So it's not like I'm saying it, I knew at the time. But like, as you talk to people now, looking back on it, people said, yeah, you know, when the Chiefs took him, I, you know, he was a project. He was a guy with bad footwork coming out of an air raid offense. This was not some give me, oh, yeah, that, that's definitely the right pick. So I think it's uh, – my phone goes off. Sorry, I apologize. Um, I think the Bears will take one, and I don't think Pace, if he's the guy making the pick, should be scared to do it. You've got to get back in there and take one because you're not winning without a quarterback. This is where I can't be, uh, be kind. I watched the highlights of Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech today. I'm like, you watch that guy play, and you watch Mitch Trubisky play, and you draft him Mitch Trubisky, you're fired. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't disagree in that sense, but you and I both know at the time, nobody was screaming that they Yeah, but I don't rem- – and I know that Trubisky on a lot of people's boards was considered the top quarterback, but I don't remember anybody saying, like, you better go up and get Mitch it too. No. No, I don't think that was the case either. It wasn't. In fact, it wasn't. They the thought case. he was not. I think there was, there was the idea that Trubisky was safe. He would at least be a good quarterback. Everybody at the time thought it was a bad rookie class of quarterbacks because Mahomes was this, this gunslinging kid out of Texas Tech where they never produced quarterbacks. Desha- there were a lot. Go back and look. There were a lot of people who thought Deshaun Kaiser was the best quarterback I do remember. in the class. Yep. So. I mean, there's a lot of that talk. And look, it's Pace's job to get it right, okay? I'm not sitting here saying he deserves a big pass. All I'm saying is it's not as though everybody thought the Bears should have taken Mahomes and then they didn't, and people were like, oh, my God, how could they have passed on him? Nobody thought that in the moment. Nobody. If anything, the Bears should be crushed for not taking Deshaun Watson. I'll tell you who should really be crushed over that whole thing. Jacksonville, who needed a quarterback, took Leonard Fournette. And, oh, by the way, the pick before Mahomes, which gets lost to history, it was the Bengals who took John Ross. Like, the Bengals could have taken Mahomes there and cut Dalton, and nobody would have thought twice about it. So, to me, the Bears, yeah, okay, give them some crap for it, but there are some teams that are way, well, way before right. that. If, if everybody knew that Patrick Mahomes was going to be what he is now, that he would have gone number one overall 17,000 times over, and people would have been trading up to do it. People didn't know. There are reasons I'd like to throw out there that why people perhaps missed on it, but we can do that on another show. Uh, last one here. Josh Allen, he has enough offensive support around him to be successful in Buffalo. One minute, Bertram. What do you got? Oh, that's it. 100%. But th- now, th- that doesn't – the question isn't will he be successful. It's he has enough talent around him to be successful. I'm in. He's got Stephon Diggs. Cole Beasley, John Brown. John Brown had a great year last year on the rated. They've got a good offensive line. They, they've got they've got Devin Singletary running back, who's an interesting kid. And they've got Dawson Knox tight end. Like that's a good team. But he has to be accurate. I think Josh Allen will end up being a very run of the mill quarterback. And I wrote a piece famously for us. I know you loved that Josh Allen will be an inaccurate bust. And through two years so far, that piece is holding up okay. He's got to be the record. The reason why that bothered me is because we were going to get a trip to California to go out and scout Josh Allen, and then Verderam wrote this piece, not knowing that we were on our way to cover Josh Allen, and the Josh Allen camp was like, you wrote what fan-sided? You're out. And so I spent the next week in the office rather than being in California hanging out, which 
They should have consulted me because I was right. <laughs> he's been he's been better than you thought he was going to be, but he's he's been marginally better. I agree, but at the same point, he's also just been a guy who completes he's, you know fifty eight playing. Of he's being successful. He's somewhat successful in a way that people had not prognosticated. Verram, great to be with you. Real quick here, anything exciting going on in your life right now in the middle of the pandemic? That's how we wrap up these shows. Not really. Uh, taking a, I, I am excited. Uh, in two weeks, I'm taking a long vacation in New York, going back home, seeing everybody, uh, plopping down at the lake house and relaxing. I'll be up there for about three weeks, and then I will be back and in action, and I won't take another vacation on Christmas. But when we get back, got the contractors coming to the house, getting all new windows, nice colonial style. They all, you know, and you got the grids in. They all fold in. They tilt in. Got that. They get guaranteed for life. I'm very excited. I cannot wait for my new windows. That's so this is very uh, exciting for you, Verderam. I feel like you're living in Miami and not in Rockford, Illinois, uh, with your colonial style like beach house. But hey, whatever you're creating out there, congratulations. I- it is definitely not a beach house, but uh, <laughs> but it is the colonial style windows. Steph wanted them, and I'm, I'm fine with it. I think it looked nice. And so uh, eight new windows, eight new windows, seven, seven windows, and a, and a big picture window, which... Uh, they're, they're taking me for well, a bath. I'll just throw in this, wrapping it up on the being old part. I went to bed the other night. I looked out the window, and that's right. It was still light out, and uh, there was old Carm going going down. Yep, 9 <laughs> o'clock at night. Well, might as well call it a day. It's been a long one. And then waking up bright and early, playing tennis at 6.30 in the morning, whatever the hell it was. So uh, I've hit old man status here, Vertorim, and uh, it's uh, – it's, it's not all that much fun, to be honest, but th- that did occur in the middle. I say the middle of the pandemic. Who knows where the hell we are in the middle of this, in, in, a, in, in the pandemic. We could be, hopefully we're closer. Hopefully we've hit the middle, but I don't even know if we have. So always good to be with you, sir. Happy Patrick Mahomes half a billion contract podcast to you. Thank you, Carm. I, I appreciate it. And uh, maybe <laughs> stay up on 930 night, stay up late, you know, and uh, you know, live the dream. We'll, we'll push it for, for this evening. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed it. Subscribe, tell a friend, stack in the box, July the 8th. Good to be with you. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites, sports to pop culture, and everything in between. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.